20% price drop and 10% off next time you go to runitup.com.au. We got t-shirts, we got hoodies, we got shorts, we got what you need. So jump on runitup.com.au and don't forget to give us a follow, Instagram, that's runitupofficial. Check us out guys. My guest today on the podcast is someone who has immersed themselves in basketball throughout their entire career, continually playing at some of the highest levels of basketball one can reach. He has been selected for the Australian junior team, the AIS, and the first Australian to ever be selected to play on the Duke men's basketball team. He now currently plays for Melbourne United in the National Basketball League here in Australia. He's extremely humble, hardworking. It was an absolute cracker of an episode. Please welcome my guest, Jack White. It's, it's telling me it's recording now. Oh, right. So let's just let everyone know who I've got on the podcast today. Jack, let them know, bro. Um, well, yeah, mate, Jack White, um, born and raised in Trelgan down in country Victoria. Um, <clears throat> love playing basketball. It's what I do currently. I play for uh, Melbourne United. Um, I'm a rookie with, with that team and just come off spending four years at Duke University in the States. Um, went to the Australian Institute, Australian Institute of Sport for a couple of years. Um, and yeah, that's, uh, that's about it, mate. Wonderful. Nice little background. Did you always play basketball as a child or? Um, I think it was the first sport I played. I remember the first time <clears throat> like playing properly was doing um, billy ball, which is now called Aussie Hoops. Um, yep. So I did that when I think I was like five years old, but. As a kid, man, like just super sporty, played uh, like basketball and footy predominantly um, all the way up until I was 16 when I gave up footy and obviously continued with basketball, but played a bit of um, cricket and tennis as well. And yeah, I was just a pretty active kid in general. Me and um, me and my twin brother and younger sibling as well were pretty pretty active. So yeah, tried a heap of different sports, but you know, stuck it out with basketball. Yeah, so when you were playing as a young kid, how did you come about being involved with the AIS, which is the Australian Institute of Sport. How did they approach you or did you try out for their team and whatnot? Um, I mean, kind of indirectly came after me. So like when I first started playing basketball, like actually wasn't like very good at all. And um, like we'd play like division two domestic back in Trelgan, which like, yeah, not good. I wasn't good. Um, but obviously, you know, became fond of the game and like wanted to work at it. And when I was like 12 or 13, like, you know, I wanted to kind of make something out of the game as a career. And um, a guy I kind of looked up to was Dally um, at Delver Dover. And, you know, he went to the Institute yeah. and I knew that's where all the, um, you know, best players from around the country were, were living at and training. So I always kind of had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to get there. And, um, you know, the only real way to, you know, kind of get noticed and, and had the opportunity to be able to get a scholarship to go there was to perform really well at um, national championships. So I played for Victoria country um, in under 16s and under 18s. And when I was a top age under 18 player, I had a pretty good tournament and we won bronze. And, you know, my parents let me know after we won the uh, bronze medal game that um, the coaches had approached them and uh, wanted to offer me a scholarship to go there. And I couldn't believe it. It was awesome. Oh, really? So you actually got told, uh, coaches were interested in you. Div one, of course, I would imagine. 
Oh, well, that was just um, – so for the Australian Institute of Sport, yeah, like the coaches were, um, were on notice. Um, like I had a really good first game of that tournament and, and from there, um, like they went to my parents immediately, but I just didn't know um, through the week. Um, and those tournaments, I said, like Division One, like um, for me, like the biggest thing that kind of helped with, um, I guess, going through to like college and that um, was playing at those like national tournaments and I was fortunate enough to play – for Australia a couple of times as a junior and um, just being on that stage naturally, you know, just brings a good amount of attention, I guess. And yeah, it was pretty fortunate with the number of different schools that um, were able to recruit me and, and whatnot. And um, obviously, you know, went with, went with Duke for my college career. Yeah. That must've been pretty, pretty crazy feeling being say like what under, under 18s or definitely under 20 playing at like a, international level in front of the best somewhat you know junior basketballers and with probably coaches watching all the games anyway it must have been an absolute absolute crazy feeling in the back of your mind no no better feeling than than representing your country man and of course um, as you said bro like yeah going to those tournaments kind of getting a scope of what the uh, international basketball scene's like and how you stack up and everything like that and like similar with going to the college in the states like obviously that's one of if not their their biggest sport over there and um obviously a heap of people play it so um the level of competition is going to be really good and you know that's definitely one thing that i noticed and i think was a good thing for me is to come back and kind of be motivated to you know try and be the best player i could be um on those stages um and you know seeing the best players from around the world is, is only going to make you want to do that um so yeah, it was good to get a scope of, you know, where I sat. Of course. Now, from playing with the Australian team, the RES, uh, what was the transition like to getting selected for Duke or getting that offer? How did that all somewhat come about? Was Duke one of your first choices or a choice in that matter? Yeah, so... With my college stuff, man, I actually did, after I finished high school at the end of uh, 2015, I did uh, three visits um, to different schools in the States, and I'd never been to the States before, so I actually went to uh, Temple, which is a school in Philly, uh, Boise State, which is in Idaho, Boise, yeah. Idaho, and the University of Hawaii, and uh, like, it's pretty much just a big lap of, of the States, and that was kind of my first time getting a taste of it, and I couldn't have went to like three more different places um but like had that trip and really enjoyed it and then just kind of sat on the decision for a little bit to to let it marinate and um during that time I actually got a call up to be an injury replacement player for the Cairns Taipans uh, one of their players Stevie Wade come down uh, with a knee injury and I got the opportunity to go up to Cairns and spend a month with them and kind of get a taste of what the professional lifestyle demands all that kind of stuff are that come with being a pro in Australia um, and like playing pro was something that I hadn't really considered or thought about coming out of high school. You know, for me, it was always college, um, you know, just going to the States, getting that experience, the getting a scholarship and getting a free education was something that um, was very important to me as well. So it was very, um, you know, good option for me. Um, but actually while I was in Cairns, I was still kind of putting off that college decision. And when I was there, um, that was when Duke kind of popped up and, you know, kind of caught me off guard. I remember after practice one day, my old man sent me a message saying he just got off the phone with uh, the assistant coach who recruited me, Coach Shire. And I like just thought he was like having a laugh, like because I, I don't know, just never would have thought that 
yeah. um, Duke would have, you know, come into the picture, especially, you know, as an international kid from Australia and they'd never had, um, you know, an Australian guy on their team before. So came a bit out of the blue, but yeah, in like March, yeah, I think early March of um, 2016, got on the plane and went back over there to, to visit because I knew that their academics and athletics were obviously top-notch yeah. um, standard. And um, again, like wanted to be challenged. I knew that's how I get the most out of myself. So I was really looking for that challenge and there's no better place to challenge yourself than there. And yeah, after that visit, man, like just kind of put it in stone and knew that's where I wanted to go. And, and yeah. yeah that, that must have been crazy already because you would already be training with a pro team and you can like somewhat almost be a stone throw away from getting paid as a professional player. But then that must have been like sort of a, was it a no-brainer sort of decision to be like, rather go four years as what somewhat amateur slash professional, but you don't really get paid than to, um, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, my bad, man. I, um, yeah, man, it was like somewhat of a no-brainer just because I knew I'd always wanted to, to do that since I was like a young teenager, go to college. And I guess the luxury about that and like obviously I wasn't getting paid with the Taipans. I was a development player and was able to keep my amateur status and that was what was able to, you know, let me go over yeah. and be able to go to college. Yeah. Um, but I think like the thing that kind of reassured me about that decision was if I go over to college and I don't like it, you know, I can always try and I'll be, I'll be able to come back to Australia and, and be a pro if it's not for me. Yeah, um, yeah. But if I stayed in Australia and was a pro and was getting paid, then therefore I'd forfeit my amateur status and can't go oh, over yeah. to the States as a student athlete. So, With the NCAA um, rule setting and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, man, like knew that going to college would be kind of the best bet first and foremost. You know, it's what I always wanted to do. I could keep my amateur status and have options from there. I knew that the, the pro game would always be here if I, if I wanted that, hopefully. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man, like, just kind of went for it and ended up working out. Um, Terrifically. Back in, back in the pro game now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what was that first, first feeling of arriving at Duke and that first practice sessions when you're up against pretty much everyone on that team is somewhat could be on a professional team or they could will essentially be in the NBA status. Was it really, really um, nerve wracking? Was it an absolute shock first day? First um, training session? I mean, yeah, man. I mean, like to an extent, like the game's pretty different. I think like the thing about our teams and the teams that I was part of at Duke was just the level of athleticism that, that everyone had. Um, like in Australia, man, I was used to kind of being the best athlete on the floor. I could get away with some stuff, but you know, yeah. over there, you know, I was just kind of, um, you know, in the middle of the group, you know. Um, so there was a bit of adjustment on, on that front. But, um, but, yeah, man, like, apart from athleticism, like, everyone was just such talented players and um, naturally just had really competitive high-level practices, which, um, you know, forced you to get better. Another thing, like, that's, you know, the challenge that, that I wanted to be able to, to grow and improve as a player was, was that challenging environment. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, like definitely a bit of a shock at first, you know, like um, acclimating to the style of game and um, finding out how you can be effective. But, um, but, yeah, man, it was just real competitive and a really 
volatile environment that I yeah. feel like I got used to pretty quick. Because when you're at that uh, Division One college level, pretty much everyone's athletic. It's almost like rare to find someone who isn't, unless if they're seven foot tall and they they can't they can't you know jump as high as what everyone else. But everyone seems to be athletic. Everyone is. Uh, a decent shooter to some degree. Like almost everyone is almost at that very similar level. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's no joke. Like everyone's everyone's a good player. You know, everyone kind of earns their their place to be there just because, you know, there's just so many people playing basketball in the States, man. Like yeah. there's just so many people to choose from and it's such a competitive environment. So that naturally just, you know, forces the the best to come out of you and um, yeah, at our school, man, like especially with such a great coach, Coach K, it just draws in the the best players, and um, yeah, man, we had some studs every year that that I was there. Yeah, it's real, and rock a real cutthroat as well. Say if you had someone has like a season where they got injured, they they can get almost lose their scholarship because they're essentially out for the season, and it can be really detrimental for that individual, can't it? Yeah, man. It's, it's, Tough world out there, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. takes no prisoners. Yeah, exactly. So, speaking of um, Coach K, Coach Mike Chashevsky, who's regarded as what top three or maybe even top two coaches to ever coach in basketball. What was that experience like being coached by someone who is almost Hall of Fame, all like all? All knowing and powerful. Yeah. And just, you know, coaches that do coached Team USA for uh, a couple of years, I believe. And yeah, then, man, I mean, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, my bad, mate. Um, I mean, like, yeah, man, he's unreal. Um, and like, especially lucky for me to be able to spend time with him at, at this time in his career. You know, he's just turned 74 and, um, you know, um, you know, he's reaching, um, you know, he's reaching out to, to be a part of that and learn from him at this stage was was a huge honor. Um, and man, like just learned so much from him, bro. Like just how competitive he is, his attention to detail, always looking for ways to win. Um, like treats every day, you know, like the same. He has like everything, and he and he acts like he has nothing. He's just so motivated, man. And, that was probably the main thing I took away from him, just how he attacked every day, every opportunity. Um, you know, his attention to detail was was immaculate every time. And, um, yeah, like you can really see why being in that environment, why he's such a great coach and considered obviously one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Leading into yeah. that. Leading into that. What makes him what? such a great coach to be a part of? Like what? Is there any standout features or bunch of features that he does so well that makes him in such an elite coach? Yeah, man, I think, like, his attention to detail is a big one. Like, he's, like, so... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like, he's so deliberate with everything he does. Like, everything matters, you know, everything... Every drill is an opportunity to win. Like he's just a competitive guy and hates to lose. Um, and I think too, like just his work ethic, man, like he works hard. He's, you know, got all these achievements already considered as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Even before I got there and, 
you know, just how he acts now, like he acts like he has nothing and he has everything to prove. Um, yeah. And I think like that hunger type mindset is something that, you know, really pushes him and, um, you know, he knows how to manage his, knows how to manage players and their egos. You know, he's, as you said, coach team USA and, um, you know, they bring together a, a team of absolute superstars and for him to be able to, to, be able to bring them all together is, um, is an achievement in itself. Um, so, you know, we obviously carried that in with us at Duke and it's just part of who he is. And, you know, he just has so many qualities that contribute to winning and being successful. And, you know, he really, yeah, like just does all these things at a very high level. Yeah. What kind of coaching style would you say he has? Because uh, a big shock to me was when I went over to um, tour in the States, we had like American, American coaches and I've had some other coaches before and what they do is they just scream and yell, call you every cuss word under the sun and they just berate you. They put, I feel like they do put a lot of pressure on, but they're also like they're really passionate as well. What kind of coaching style does he have? Does he berate you guys? But like, it's all on point, so it's kind of funny as well. Oh man, like he definitely gets into us. Um, like he definitely has moments where he is exactly what you described. But I think the thing about him, like he's like knows how to challenge his players, knows how to get the best out of you, and sometimes you know he has to do that in order to like get what he wants out of you and challenge you. Um, but at the same time, you know, like even though there's such a large age gap and. He's obviously at the end of our career, at the end of his career, and you know we're we're younger guys that he's coaching. He still finds a way to, you know, kind of relate and be funny, and um, you know, kind of take the edge off a little bit with us, which which is helpful when he's, you know, obviously passionate and screaming and trying to win and gets mad at us, gets on us, you know, like everything everything that you mentioned. Um, but I think his ability to kind of switch it off is something that that helps a lot too. Yeah. So I remember uh, a few years ago been at um it was like a sydney tertiary course but specifically for basketball there was um called australian college uh australian college of sports sorry acs where we had we had some of like the best coaches i reckon in sydney so we had robbie mckinlay who coaches as part of the nba program down in canberra now and he used to coach like north sydney up here and then we had uh, Jason, Jason Gaddy's father, Robbie Gaddy, helping yep. out as well. Then we had, uh, who else did we have? We had BJ Carter come along at the back end who played for the Sydney Kings. And then we also had um, Peter Lonigan, who I think is still the, yep. still the head of the AIS. Yep. And just having those guys around was absolutely phenomenal. But in particular, Robbie McKinley and BJ Carter, like they were, they would like kind of berate you, but also what they were saying was so on point that you couldn't really argue against them because like it's all true. You know what I mean? It kind of made it a little bit funny too and at times, but also like just so on point we couldn't really argue against them. Psychological warfare. Yeah, it's like they it's like they're 10 steps ahead of you. So with playing with they're not coach, giving you anything. Yeah. It's just fucking mind-boggling sometimes, bro. Um, being coached under Mike Krzyzewski, 
and having him having so much experience and so many pro basketballers going into the NBA and elite college players, was there any kind of like key learning lessons that you got from him or like any like life lessons, anything he said that's kind of stuck with you since, since leaving Duke? Jeez, man, like, I don't know if there's anything like too specific. Um, honestly, like probably just the things I um, mentioned before about him um, and his attention to detail, his work ethic, um, how competitive he is and takes everything seriously and looks at it as an opportunity to win. They were probably the main things that I guess I took away and just, you know, seeing how he goes about his, his every day. Um, but yeah, man, like just what he does, like, in especially in this type of profession man like you just watch him and um you know you understand why he's got that success and he does that every day um so i think just you know applying that type of mindset where consistently being able to do that is gonna you know take you to a good place no matter what you do that's something that i've definitely tried to i guess remember and focus on you know since i've been apart from the program yeah for sure now what, what was it like sharing the court with some, some players who are in the NBA now, such as Zion Williams, RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, but also Harry Giles, Trey Jones, Luke Kennard, and also Jason Tatum. What was, what was that like training and going up against those guys on a daily basis on the court, in the weight room? Were they just always never let anyone get an edge for anything? Yeah, man. I mean, like they're all like obviously elite players and, you know, one of the reasons why our our environment was so competitive and elite um, is, you know, because of guys like that, um, you know, obviously the very talented players and, you know, are in the NBA and are doing their thing. And when they're in, um, in college at Duke with me, um, you know, they, they get after it every day, obviously they, you know, sometimes knew that like shortly in their, in their future, they'd be getting drafted and doing all this kind of stuff so, you know, naturally, if you're in that position, you can let your mind wander. But, you know, for all those guys, you know, they they were staying present in the moment and really wanted the team to win and be successful. And, and kind of, you know, their success come as a result of that. That wasn't their focus. Um, so they're really just kind of high-level guys, you know, really good teammates. Um, really made the most of their time there, even though for most of them it was only it was short-lived. But they definitely, um, you know, left the program in a better place than what it was and, you know, brought a lot Um yeah, to do basketball. Yeah, to see them, it must be pretty crazy to see them do so well in the NBA as well, such as like Jason Tatum just having like a phenomenal couple of seasons and he's only 22, 23, somewhat. Yeah, about to turn 23 this year, I think. Yeah, and he's just killing it, killing it in Boston as well the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he's not probably be one of the toughest guys I've ever guarded um, even back like when he was in college um, and like obviously he's even more elite now so yeah man he's tough who was the most toughest person to play against who gave you like or who was the most dominant like every practice out of all those guys that you've trained with at Duke? probably Zion or, or Jason um, like Jason's offensive game is just so elite and he can hurt you from so many areas and obviously with Zion you know he's just an athletic beast you know yeah. strong quick 
agile, like, like I was just so explosive. Um, so yeah, those two guys probably took. And about a hundred plus kilos of just beast. Yeah, he's about 120, 125 kilos or something ridiculous. So yeah, he, he gets just, the job done. He just always got out the way when it's coming down that lane. Yeah, man, it's you don't want to. Get <laughs> yeah, bro, ain't no one taking that charges when he's coming down that lane. But has there been any like adversity that you faced during your college career or when you were trying to decide what colleges were there any like major like bumps in the road when you were trying to put everything all together? Um, I mean, there's always kind of little things, man. Like I think I had like a little niggle with my knee in that process and that was kind of messing with my head. Um, and then, well, the only other thing, man, like when I first went to Duke, you know, it's obviously tough as a freshman to get in and get playing time. And yeah, um, I was tough, obviously not playing because that's all I'd done my whole career up to that point. Um, so for that to happen, um, you know, messed with me a little bit too. And um, But yeah, man, like happy I stuck it out and was able to have a lot more productive last two years. Um, and yeah, just a shame that, you know, senior year ended the way it did with COVID. I really thought we had a good shot yeah. to, to take it and win yeah. um, with that group. Um, but, you know, no point wondering what could have been, you know, it is what it is and just yeah. got to move on. Not to mention getting, I believe you got a, like a leadership role once uh, Grace and Alan left. That must have been a really big surprise as well. Yeah, man, like it was really cool. I was able to be captain for the last two years I was there and um, only like a dozen or so people had been able to be like two-time captains at Duke and it's such a, uh, such a prestigious school. You know, I was really honoured to kind of join that list and join that group. Um, but yeah, honestly, man, like, I didn't really change too much about myself. Like, feel like I'm a pretty vocal guy and can lead guys pretty well. Um, so yeah, like it was, it was just a really cool thing. Yeah. So throughout your four years at Duke, did you ever think about applying for the draft at any of the years or maybe your last year going all out for that maybe last little ditch effort for the draft? Um, I, like for me, like it was always going to be after the, the four years. Um, like one, you know, wanting to get that degree and two, like just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a one and done guy. You know, I'm just a four-year guy. That's the reality of it. But, yeah. you know, something I was definitely... Um, you know, a dream of mine as a kid, you know, I wanted to play the NBA and, you know, I didn't really perform how I liked, like, on the court, like, production-wise. Uh, so I knew it was going to be tough for me, but, um, yeah, like, just fortunate, you know, now out of college to be able to have, um, you know, consistent, like, to have a job playing basketball, first of all, like, dream come true, like, can't complain there and to be a, um, a part of this Melbourne United group and have a good start to my rookie campaign is... Um, like a really positive thing um, so yeah man like hopefully that opportunity comes you know pretty soon down the road and I can keep improving and get myself to that level but um, yeah like again just really happy with where I'm at right now with with United yeah of course now how did we come about how did you come about getting selected to play, being on the Melbourne team was it almost immediate when you finished college or were there kind of talks between the last couple months or so at college where Melbourne contacted you to like ask for a tryout or something? 
Um, well, like in the last like three years when I've come back home in between college seasons, um, I'd always like gone and just like worked out with them um, like during my time off. So I guess I was like already familiar to an extent like with, with the club, with the players and, and everything like that. Um, like when our season got cut short in March, um, like first, like I was kind of sorting through and trying to work out um, an agency to, to represent me. So I kind of went through that process. And once that was kind of, kind of done, um, you know, Melbourne and a few other clubs approached and expressed interest and just kind of went from there and, um, and yeah, like decided that I wanted to, to play with Melbourne, like, I guess in like June or something, like late May, something around then. A bit of a no-brainer too. Semi is kind of like the home team anyway. Well, apart from the new Phoenix team. Yeah, but like, yeah, I knew I was going to be close to home, like being at the Institute for two years and then college for four. Um, you know, it felt really cool for me to, to you know, be back home. Um, Day. like obviously I'm in Melbourne I'm from the country but to be able to be close to home and have my family come to the games and see friends I haven't seen in years and yeah and everything of that you know been a really positive thing that's um you know definitely made me feel happy about the decision and you know apart from that basketball wise bro like like really good opportunity for me to to come in and play a bit and like obviously learn from great guys that have achieved the things that I want to um for my career like Dave Barlow Chris Golding yeah um um, like all these guys that have played played for the national team, being Olympians, um, being high level guys in Australia and overseas, and um, and yeah, like great coach. Um, like it all just kind of added up and was a bit of a no brainer by the end of it. Yeah, and not to mention, uh, Golding just got recently selected for the Australian team, which must have been pretty. Like he always, I guess he's one of the top shooters that Australia has. Definitely sites or maybe hopefully get into that Australian team? Was that always like the one of the goals, that and the championship? Yeah, man, for sure. Um, and yeah, bro, like him, Mitch McCarran and Jock Landau got selected from our team. And like we got Shaley as well, who plays for New Zealand. So we got some like really high level guys uh, on our squad. Um, and yeah, that's something that I definitely want to like do myself. Um, and yeah, like obviously I didn't make this boomer squad, but you know, I'd like to think that I can keep improving and have a shot to make the next. Um, so yeah, man, just gotta keep working for that. No doubt, bro. I truly I truly believe you you will get on that boomer squad. Um I mean I appreciate it. <laughs> now being only twenty-three years old, still super young in your playing career, do you have any um sights set on things outside of basketball? Like any are you looking to like set up a career somewhat to once basketball is finished to maybe transition into something else? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not exactly sure what yet, honestly. Um, you know, it's something I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to ponder on for, I guess, a year or two as, as I start my professional playing career and just kind of focus on playing. But, you know, I think it's definitely important that, you know, I do that and that like all athletes do that. They have a... Um, you know, somewhat of a backup backup plan per se, like for, for when, you know, their sporting career is over because you never know when it could be when it could be cut short. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that I definitely want to think about, you know, whether that's a business thing or I, how involved I stay in basketball, whether that's coaching or, you know, I want to do more study, you know, I'm, I'm not sure yet, but, you know, that's definitely something that's um, in the back of my mind and something that 
um, you know, I'm thinking about every now and then. Do you have like um, any like the uh, senior, your senior teammates or like senior coaching staff mention things about thinking about trying to set up small things for like once you finish? So like it might be even just like saving money because as um seen like in the NFL, a lot of pro athletes two to three years after they just, they go broke. Mm. Is there any like discussion around that with, the Melbourne team or the NBL? Um, I mean, to an extent, man, like the Players Association that we have, um, you know, is really supportive in, in trying to help guys, you know, set that up. Um, and, yeah, like senior teammates like Dave Barlow and um, and that are really kind of switched on with with their finances and for what's next, um, I guess, like after their retirement. So try and pick their brains a little bit to, to get some ideas. But, um yeah, man, just kind of take it as it comes, I guess, and, you know, see if I can come up with a good idea of my own. But definitely look <laughs> out for them. And the club definitely helps. Yeah, of course. It's always good to somewhat think about in the back of your mind, just in case, knock on wood, something unforeseen happens. Um, so when saying that, about to wrap up this episode, I really appreciate you coming on, Jack. It really means a lot. You're kind of like the first, first guest I've got on as well, which is pretty pretty stoked you're one of the first people i contacted as well which is fucking phenomenal um social plugs where can we find you jack where can people follow keep track of your career and whatnot uh i think my instagram's jack white five and then i think my twitter's five jack white uh but i don't know i'm not too active on <laughs> On, uh, on the old Twitter, um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram a little bit. So yeah, check me All out. Right. Sounds good, bro. Really appreciate, appreciate it, Jack. It was fucking- No, no worries, man. Super duper. All right. Catch you later, bro. Appreciate it. Thank you. So enjoy the rest of your day. You too, brother. Whoa, hold up. Yes. I know it's the end of the podcast episode, but man, have you checked out runitup.com.au? If you haven't, you're seriously missing out. And if you haven't followed us on Instagram, that's runitup.official on Instagram. Come on, guys. We got everything you need. Tees, hoodies, shorts. Come on, guys. Check us out.